0: Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. If you got it, say, "Mm mm-hmm. My son, but for some of you tonight, my daughter, my child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of your life, and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So, you will find favor and good success. Someone say success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Father, have your way here tonight. Let your word speak true. Let every man be a liar. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, Are we all said before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them money ain't successful. You are. There's a story about a woman by the name of Ann Landers. She used to write columns, right? I don't know, maybe some of you remember. Um, Some of you may not. But if you remember, praise the Lord, you got good memory. Ann Landers, she wrote a letter in her column one time, and it was from a girl who was writing about her uncle and her aunt. She said, my uncle was the tightest man I've ever known. All his life, every time he got paid, he took $20 out of his paycheck and put it under his mattress. Then he got sick and was about to die. As he was dying, he said this to his wife. I want you to promise me one thing. Promise what? She asked. I want you to promise me that when I'm dead, you'll take all my money from under my mattress and put it in my casket so that I can take it all with me. The girl's letter went on with the story that he died and his wife kept her promise. She went in and got all the money the day he died and went to the bank and deposited it and wrote a check and put it in his casket. Hey, all the money's there. If ever you want to rise from the dead, go ahead and cash that check, amen? In other words, people get funny when it comes to money. And a lot of times, whenever we talk about money, people always want to put up an automatic wall, right? Even right now. If we were to do that and we were to say, okay, one by one, I want you to stand up and talk and say how much you make. Personal, right? Personal. But the funny thing is, is that when we talk about making money, it's personal. But then when it comes to getting into struggles and certain areas within our lives where we cannot take it, finally, it doesn't, it isn't until we finally get to our wit's end or we get to the end of our rope. Okay, I I want you to help me. Listen, as your pastor, I don't want to talk to you when you're at the end of your rope. I want to talk to you in the middle of your rope. I want to talk to you while you're still, I know it's a struggle, but if you learn how to use that rope, I'm telling you, it's going to be beneficial. See, I don't, as a pastor, I don't want you coming into this church and always struggling. Whenever you hear, okay, the baskets are going to go by and you're, oh man, this is the worst time of service. My prayer is is that when you know that the baskets go by, you would think in your heart, this is the best time. Man, I I love to worship God right now because, man, there is an overflow that is happening. So even though everyone else may be emotionally funny, I know that I am going to be spiritually prepared. I'm ready for what God has within my life. Now, many times, uh, a lot of times, whenever we talk about money, people think, well, the more money I have, the more it's gonna solve my problems. And that's not necessarily true. Matter of fact, a couple years ago, if you were here, I I shared in in one of my messages about uh, the statistics of lottery winners, right? It's a very small percentage of men and women who won the lottery that still have the same or around the same amount of money five to 10 years later. Many of them go bankrupt like that. Because they think, well, I just get more money, it solves all my problems. No, it doesn't. If you don't know what to do with those finances and with those resources, it's going to slip right through your hands, or should I say right through your heart. Because you think, oh, I get all the money, and it's going to solve all my problems. Do you know what I've actually learned? Is that the more money you get, you just become more of what you already are. Think about it. The more money you get, you just become more of what you already are. In other words, let me put it like this. If you are a jerk right now, you're just going to have a lot of money and still be a jerk. If you're a dummy right now, you're just going to have a lot of money and still be a dummy. It doesn't change. But if you're a person right now that loves to give, when you get more money, you'll just give more. It doesn't change. See, you and I have to learn that if we really want to see our circumstances change, then we need to learn to allow God to change our character of how we handle the finances and what we allow into our heart that comes out of our mouth and comes out of our life. See, my prayer is, and I've said this before, that I want to create an atmosphere and a soil where we don't have people coming into the church that are millionaires, but we're growing soil where men and women can become millionaires. I believe that with all my heart, that some of you, one day, you are going to be multimillionaires. Now, some of you right now, when you heard that, you're like, well, I don't know about all that. It's okay. You have faith, and it's a mustard seed, but one day it's going to grow. We all start with a mustard seed, every single one of us. We all start with that, but my prayer is that it's going to grow. See, that the business idea that you have, that all of a sudden, it's going to grow. I I believe that somebody here, that God is doing something, even that you're going to grow so much of a business that you are going to be able to help each and every missionary that leaves this church, you're going to be able to bless them. Why? Because it's a, set up, it's a system, and if you set it up correctly and you learn God's system, not the world's system, then I'm telling you, you're going to be able to bless people above and beyond. Now, I say that because some of you, don't you watch those commercials, sometimes those infomercials, those 1-800? Oh, please, just 10 cents a day will help the child. And doesn't your heart go, man, I want to do that. I want to bless. Now, I don't know about you, but when I watch those TV, I said, man, I want to help. What can I do? I thank God I'm a part of a church that has united we can. Come on, I'm a part of a church that has united we can. We believe in it. We just don't talk about it, but we be about it. Can I hear an amen? So here tonight, I want to do my best once again to share with you. I want to give you five principles that I believe they're going to help you to learn what it's like to have the success in God's kingdom. Now, listen to me. God's kingdom, not the world's kingdom. Because actually, if you want to be successful in the world's kingdom, just learn how to be a liar, a cheater, be dishonest, learn how to step on people, and you'll be just fine. Don't care about nobody. You'll be just fine. But if you want to be successful, because the Bible talks about success. Now, I don't have time to get into that. But the word success there actually means good name. To have a good name. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to have a good name. Just earlier today, I was, uh, I was out, and I actually got a Subway sandwich right down the street. And I, was, uh, I walked out, and I started talking with this man. I don't know if he's here, but he was in a wheelchair, and I invited him, right? He, you know, a lot of people were just passing him by, giving him different things, and, you know, here's a dollar. But I went, and I, you know, he was all, you know, he had oil all over his hands. He was, he was a, a veteran, and uh, he was there, and I started talking to him. And I started saying, hey, I want to invite you out, you know, sharing with him about Jesus. He started telling me, he was coming to find out he's an ex-priest of the Catholic Church, of the Catholic faith. So we started talking about that. He was even telling me, he's all, what's that one book, uh, Towards Revelation? And and I go, "Uh, you're talking about Jude? He's like, no, no, no. And I said, oh, Titus. He goes, yeah, 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 that one. Every pastor should read the book of Titus over and over. I go, that's true. I said, that's actually where we get a lot of our pastoral doctrine from, to be honest, the book of Titus. And uh, First Peter, and we started talking. We're going back and forth. And this guy was very learned. And as I was talking with him, and I said, don't forget, I want to invite you to our church, Victory Outreach. He goes, Victory Outreach? I gave him a flyer. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He's all, oh, those Latin guys. They're always coming to me, and they're telling me to go to that church. And they're so emphatic, and they're so uh, passionate. They're always telling me to go. And they always tell me about their pastor, and their pastor this, and their pastor that. I go, oh. I go, uh, so... Is it a good thing? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, oh, good. I'm the pastor. And he looked at me. He was an older gentleman. He was about 75, 76 years old. He looked at me. He goes, you're the pastor? I go, yeah. He goes, oh. Well, all right then. All right, you know. But I couldn't imagine if, man, if, if I would have said victory outreach, Ah, oh, victory outreach, Forget them. They're horrible. That's bad. Man, I would say, well, what are we doing wrong? But thank God we got a good name in the community. Come on, can I hear an amen? Amen. So five principles that are going to keep you with a good name of success, especially in the kingdom of God. Now, are you ready? We're going to go there tonight. Are you okay with that? Tell your neighbor he's going to go there. But these are biblical principles. It's not anything I made up. It's not anything that I just took out of the air and said, oh, this sounds good. No, these are biblical principles, and we're going to talk about them. Number one, get out of debt. Get out of debt. Now, debt's a, a risk. Debt is risk, and it's very scary if you don't know what you're getting involved with. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. I'm gonna say that one more time. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. I got this video offline. I want to show it to you. Kind of brings out my point here about debt. Let me show you this video here tonight. Come on, Ricky, don't be such a tight one. You know the terms, David. them or leave 'em. It's only $3. If you don't lend me the money, I can't go to the dance. Well, you know the terms. Okay, okay, it's a deal. Here's your $3. Now, remember, it's only for 24 hours, Ricky. Ricky? Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. O royal mogul, master of the land, sea, and all the universe, I am your servant. The shoes, boy. Someone say debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. See, the thing about slaves is that slaves have no options. Slaves have no options. You got no option. You must do whatever the master says. And this is what I've learned about slaves is that when it comes to slavery within a spiritual bondage is that slaves are not generous people. They can't give. It's very hard to be a giver when you are barely by matter of fact, our system, our economy, especially here within the United States, they have set it up to where they do their best to make you and I slaves. Did you know that? And I tripped out when I started doing the study on this about how there's a credit card called MasterCard. I said, Man, that's pretty heavy. See, like, and all these different, you know, American distress, right. Because that's all it really does, all these different cards, all these different things. And they put these cards in front of you and say, oh, you're, you're ready now. You can get a credit card. You are ready. You got everything prepared. And yeah, I'm going to do that. So what do you do? Let's buy it. Let's buy it on credit. And little by little by little, that credit debt keeps coming and keeps compounding, keeps compounding, keeps compounding. And that compound starts pounding on you starts pounding on you starts pounding on your heart starts pounding on your marriage starts pounding on your marriage did you know that finances is still the number 1 struggle and fight within marriages it's still still to this day it's been like that for years and so there's not a lot of freedom so because you don't have a lot of freedom you can't do the things that you want to do i want to be a giver i want to go do this i want to purchase that i want but i can't i got to be slave to the lender You know what some of you have to have here tonight? Some of you guys got to have plastic surgery. You got to get that plastic credit card. Cut it. Just cut the thing. Now, see, I know some of these things I'm trying to share with you. are like, well, but pastor, you don't understand. No, I'm trying to tell you I do understand. But lean not on your own understanding. This is very important. I'm telling you, what I'm trying to get you here tonight, if you get this principle, there's going to be freedom. Somebody say freedom. Somebody say freedom. Now, imagine this in freedom. Imagine if every single one of you, just imagine this, if you can, just picture this. You have no payments whatsoever. Doesn't that feel good right there? Everything I bring in, I keep. hmm that feels good, right? You'd be able to do that. Did you know the average car payment in America is four hundred and seventy-nine dollars over seventy-two months? That's the average car payment in America. Four hundred and seventy-nine dollars over seventy-two months. Now look at this: if you took four hundred and seventy-nine dollars between the ages of thirty to seventy-nine and invested it in a decent growth stock mutual fund, you would have. Five point six million dollars. Four hundred and seventy-nine dollars. The average car payment over a decent growth mutual fund, five point six million dollars. I hope you like that car. Right? See, because you're looking at it and seeing it. So right now, you're like, Wow, well, I, I don't know. How can I do this, my friend? You can do this. You can get out of debt. I believe that in 2016, many of you, you are going to get out of debt. You are not going to be a slave to the lender anymore. Can I hear an amen? You know what debt really is in essence? And trust me, in being a servant to the lender, we always see that debt is really a financial whining. That's really what it is. It is financial whining. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to do this. And you know what I have found is that sometimes many of us, we don't even need to get in that debt. We just like to look good while we're in debt. I heard a a teacher once say, and he quoted another teacher, and he said, you buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't even like. You just want to look good. Let's keep up with the Joneses, as they say. Or in this generation, let's keep up with the Kardashians. What is she wearing? What is he buying? What, is, what car is this? What is that? What's, what's the latest this? Well, the, latest, the latest that. and We want to do our best to keep up. But while we're doing our best to keep up, our heart is getting pounded on. And you got to be able to listen. This year, get out of debt. Somebody say, get out of debt. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, get out of debt. Number two. Number two, act your wage. Act your wage. I'll show you a video right here. Another one. I'm, I'm in the old school type of mood right now. I'll show you another old school video. <laughs> Clark, aren't they the cutest puppies you ever saw? They sure are, but did you ever see a puppy that wasn't cute? I wish the shop was open so I could hold one. You've done the next best thing. and had me standing in front of that window for the last, what, 20 minutes? Yes. Clark, look. Oh, no, Laura, do you realize this is the 18th window you stopped at? And furthermore, do you realize that according to my calculations, at this rate, it'll take me until the middle of next week to walk you home? If you're in a hurry, I'm sure I can manage alone. I'll tell you what, you look at half the windows, now look in the other. That way, it'll just take us half as long. But you don't understand. Shopping is an art. Someone else is shopping from inside too there's no my on the corner i'll call the police <laughs> could have gotten away well I've, I've never done anything like this before superman so i it was all like a dream until that alarm went off and woke me up well, i realized that i can i can run from the police but i can't run for myself it's easy to see the children with this sort of thing why did you do it why do i keep asking myself i it sh- short with the money but i went deeper than that You should have learned how to save and handle money a long time ago. Then this wouldn't have happened. Well, I'm sorry it did. At least you've learned something very important. (laughs) Pretty bad way to learn it, don't you (laughs) think? Superman. Did some of you guys actually watch that show? Some of you are like, I just watched it before I got here, learn to live on less than you make you're not kanye west all right learn to live on less than you make right And it only stands to reason like why would you spend more than what you bring in the bible says look in Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 i hope you write these scriptures down these are very important Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says the wise have wealth and luxury but fools spend whatever they get in the niv it says this the wise store up choice food and olive oil but fools gulp theirs down. In other words, don't spend everything you make. That's foolish. Now, this is one thing I've learned. I've learned this. Growing up, I have done some foolish things. Matter of fact, my mom used to tell me, don't do that. You're a fool if you do that. That's dumb. Don't do that. Now, that's one thing I've learned. It's one thing to be foolish by what your mom says, by what your friend says by what your family says, but it's another thing to be foolish by what the Bible says. Because when the Bible says you're a fool, that's a scary thing. A biblical fool is a lot different than just a you and I fool. Like ah, He's a fool. We just kind of use that loosely. But a biblical fool, whenever I hear that word, I would be very careful. We use that scripture already. Only a fool says in their heart there is. Right? We use that all the time. Well, right here, only a fool will gulp everything they get down. They eat it all, and they don't store up anything. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, listen to me. Learn to be content with what you bring in. Learn to be content with what you bring in. In other words, don't bring it in and say, Man, if I had more, I would get this, and all of a sudden, you just go get it, and you're not bringing in what you want. You've got to be very careful with that be a wise person or a wise man the other day i had the opportunity to use this scripture with my son because my son was like i want to go out and i want to go he wanted to go to boomers right i want to go to boomers i want to go and i said okay we're gonna go but you got to save up so what did he do he started saving up started saving up but little by little he started saving up and then what happens something came up okay i'll give you the choice Do you want to go here, or do you want to purchase this? Do you want to go here, or do you want to take this right now? You haven't saved up everything you wanted, but it's up to you. Are you willing to save up? Because it's very important to save. So when I started talking to him, I can see the struggle in his face. You ever seen the struggle on a child's face? You know, because children are just, you know, they don't know how to control their emotion if they're, you know, They're happy and if they're sad and I could see the struggle on his face Stevie what do you want to do and then I was telling him okay what do you it's your choice and I could see it on his face he had the money in his hand and all of a sudden he knew he goes no I want to go to boomers so he's like it was a struggle It was a struggle. And so I know that some of you even here tonight, you go through this same struggle. But if you learn this godliness with contentment, it is great gain. Somebody say great gain. See, being content is one of the most powerful financial weapons that you will ever use. You are going to have a powerful weapon when you learn to be content with what God has given you. Not always looking for the latest this or the latest that. Now, how can you do this? Now, this is very important because all these principles, not one is better than the other because I believe that once you get out of debt, you're going to be able to save and you're going to start saving. Matter of fact, when you learn to start saving, you will learn that actually one of the tithes is saving is going towards you. Did you know that? Because that's a part of the tithe, saving towards you. It's not just putting the money away and saying, no, no, no putting it and saving it. Somebody say saving it. Now, if you put these together and you're going to learn that all these principles come together, they're going to help you get out of debt. It's going to help you act your wage. And then thirdly, somebody say number three. Now, I know this is a cuss word for many of you, but I'm going to say it over the pulpit anyways, even though it's a cuss word. Are you ready? Budget. 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 Because I know some you oh, we don't say that word in my house. Well, you better learn to start saying it. Let me ask you this question. If you worked for you, would you hire you? If you worked for you, would you hire you? Or would you fire you? Matthew chapter 25 says this, verse 26, his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Somebody say interest. It says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from In other words, take care of the little things. Take care of the little things. You know what's very good, and this is what I do even in budget within my life, I give every dollar a name. This dollar belongs to PG&E. It doesn't belong to, oh, that extra taco at Jack in the Box. I know it sounds funny, but I do love them Jack in the Box tacos, even though I'm a Mexican. But you know one thing I've learned? I can't tell you the last time I had one. I just thought about it, and I like it. But I've learned, no, 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 if it doesn't belong to Jack, then don't give it to him. If it doesn't belong to Wendy, don't give it to her. And if it doesn't belong to the king of burgers, do not give it to him. Don't give it to Ronald. Don't give it to, you got to learn. Give every dollar a name. No, if I'm going to go out and we're going to eat, you know, this is what I've learned. Fast food is a lot more expensive than going out and getting groceries. It's a lot more expensive. Oh, but I love, I love In-N-Out. Because all you got to do is just get in and out That's it. Even the word is so cool. In-N-Out. In-N-Out. The problem is, in your bank account, it goes in and stays in. It gets you. Do that enough times over and over and over See, some of you are like, well, I love these shoes. i got to have these shoes. Listen to me. They're shoes. They're not extra suits and dresses on your feet. They're shoes. Make sure that you are content with what you have because if not, you're always going to look and say, man, if only I had that. If only I had this. If o-. That's why it's very important. Before you look out, look down. And when I say look down, I mean look down at a budget. Now, everything that I'm talking about, believe me, I apply to my life, and Sister Beverly knows we apply even here to the church. We don't go outside of our budget. We stay within our budget. And so for some of you here tonight, maybe this is one thing I've learned. I'm not teaching you and sharing with you and and showing you anything that some of you don't know. Some of you know this, but this is what I've learned. When it comes to financial freedom, it's something that we look at And I would say it like this. It's 80% behavioral and 20% knowledge. That's the best way I can think of it. See, you know this, but you're not behaving like it. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that already. I Get out of debt. Yeah, that's a good idea. Budget, yeah, 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 a good idea. But do you do it? Do you actually do this? Or when the money comes in, it's just like, hey, let's just use it for whatever, babe, whatever we got. I don't know. I don't even care. No, you need to start caring. Start caring about your financial freedom. See, because then what happens is that's why when we come up here and the, the singers and the worship leaders say, Lift your hands if you're free. And you're like, I ain't free. I can't do that. Why? Because the behavior that you have is setting a pattern that's not allowing you the success that God has intended for you. Can I hear an amen? So you got to be able to budget even in the little things. I remember when I was younger, I got my first car. My parents gave me my first car. I was like 17 years old, 18 years old, and they gave me a brand new. Well, it was brand new to me. Uh, I got my first car in 1996, I think it was, or 97, right around there, 96, 97. Brand new, 1981 Buick. 16 years old, but it was new to me. And I loved it. That thought it was great. It was awesome. Now, as a 18-year-old kid, did I want a 1981 Buick? No. I wanted a Corvette. Even in 1997, I wanted a 1999 Corvette. But my parents knew. They said, hey, well, hold on. Can you be faithful in the little? Can you just put gas in this? I'm going to give you the car, but you've got to learn how to change the oil. You gotta learn how to change the tires. You gotta learn, oh man, well, oh, come, come on. I, th- I, thought, I thought it was just being able to get in and just drive and do whatever you want. No, it doesn't work like that. Someone's gonna help you, but you must be able to put yourself on a budget thereafter. It's very important. Be faithful in the little. Look at your neighbor say, be faithful in the little. So because of that, my parents understood, I'm not just going to give him anything he wants. In the same way, your heavenly father looks at you and says, okay, can you be faithful in the little? If you're faithful in the little, God will put you over much. Luke chapter 14, verse 28, you can write the scripture down. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you laid the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. See, budgeting is important to your life's heartbeat. If you want to be able to do things, you gotta be able to budget. Can you imagine if you were to construct something without any blueprints? I know Art he's a construction worker, he's a licensed contractor. And if they were to just come up with a, the person says, you know what, Art, can you come here? I want to build this whole thing. Just do it however you want. I'm pretty sure Art would look and say, well, I need some plans. No, 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 just build. Just get some lumber. Here, there's the lumber over there. I already purchased it. No, 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 I need plans because a wise builder budgets accordingly. You can't just go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to just go buy that dress. Are you sure about that? yeah, yeah, I just want to go buy that car. Are you sure about that? Budget it first. Be faithful in the little, and God will put you over much. The fourth thing, Remember, all these come together, all of these come together. not one more is important than the other. Save and invest. Save and invest. You know what's funny is that I, I heard a preacher once say this, and I started cracking up, and then, as I started laughing, the laughter went down. And I go, "Man, that's true. This is what he said. He said, "God cannot bless stupidity." I was like, "Oh, that's funny." Oh, that's true. Oh, wait a second. Am I being stupid with my finances? Because a lot of times we want financial freedom from, stu- from stupid behavior. I want to be free. Okay, well then stop acting stupid. Save, invest, save, invest. It's very Important now, why do you have to save? Because this happens a lot of times, and if it's never happened to you, it will. They used to, there's an old saying called always save up for a rainy day. Now, are they talking about the rains on the outside? No, because a lot of times they say rainy day because of the storms, the car breaks down, right? The shirt that you were gonna wear, you find, oh my gosh, it's got a hole in it. The shoes—they got a hole in it. The tire—you get a flat tire. The transmission goes out. Hallelujah! It goes out. This happens. That happens. A bill out of nowhere came from years ago. All of a sudden, shows up on your doorstep. Where did this come from? I thought I took care of it. A speeding ticket. Oh man, what hap- all these things. And if you don't save, what will happen is it's going to take your spiritual life. And it's gonna make a harder struggle than what it should be. Listen to me, this is what I've learned: is that life is going to happen. It's gonna keep moving. You keep breathing, life will keep moving. And if you're not prepared for it, you're not prepared for the rainy day, it's gonna mess you up. Things are gonna break down. The car's gonna break down. Life is gonna break down. Wife is gonna break down. Husband's gonna break down. You're gonna get all these breaks. And if you're not ready for the breaks, well, then as they say, these are the bricks. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20 says, the wise store up choice food and oil. In other words, you got to learn these principles of tithes and offerings. Learn to do this. I, I said it earlier, cut the plastic, right? Cut those things. Learn how to pay cash. Someone say, pay cash. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. But uh, picture it like this. If you, were, if you were to go to McDonald's, I hate McDonald's, but I don't even know why I'm saying that. I, honestly, I can't even tell you the last time I went to McDonald's. I really can't. But if you were there at McDonald's and you were there and you had a card in your hand, and you're there, and you got your friends and your family behind you. Oh, I'm going to take a number one. And you know what? Uh, go ahead and supersize that. And, uh, you know, what you want? You want anything? Uh, let me get an Apple turnover. And uh, you want the supersize? Okay, let's go ahead and supersize that. Because, you know, when you got a card, you ain't really thinking about it. Just, hey, all right. <laughs> there you go. It's gone. But if I give you $10, you're going to go, okay, let me get a number one small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got your own, right? Yeah, okay, just making sure you got your own. I ain't paying for you. I don't know what. There's like a mental constructed wall that's between a plastic card and actual money. Because when you have actual money, you think differently. uh, 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 Hold on. Wait, you wanted to pay how much? Uh, No, 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 no. No. Not going to happen today. Because you start seeing things differently. And you start saving and investing accordingly. Can I hear an amen? Invest in your future. The last one, the fifth principle, and I close with this, is the principle of giving. Giving. If you learn how to get out of debt, you learn how to save, you learn how to act your wage, you learn how to save and invest, I'm telling you, and you get yourself on a budget, when you get yourself on a budget, you can be a giver. Somebody say a giver. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 10 10 says give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart then because of this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 these are great scriptures I'm telling you write these down. Some of you got to write these down and put them in your car before you go to work. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 says, There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it's results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. You can come to the keyboard here. There's a story about a young man in Bible college. It goes like this says, when I was in Bible college, a tractor-trailer load of Tropicana orange juice was dropped off at the cafeteria every week. I wondered how a low-cost Bible college could afford so much expensive orange juice. One morning in chapel, I found out how an older Italian man in broken English gave his testimony. He said he had come to the U.S. from Italy in the 20s as a young teenager with nothing but the clothes on his back. A Christian couple befriended him, and through their love, he came to know Christ as his Savior and Lord. One Sunday in church, he prayed, Lord, if you give me an idea for a business, I will be faithful to give you a portion of everything I make back to your work. That very morning, the idea of fresh-squeezed orange juice popped into his head, and the rest is history. This is the true story. true. I I even had to research this to make sure over and over. True story of a man named Anthony Rossi. He founded the Tropicana Company and has been faithful to give God, listen to this, not 10% of his income, as many faithful believers do, but he gives 50% of his income for the past 60 years. He is also, true story, also given truckloads of free orange juice to Christian colleges all throughout the country, Tropicana still does this to this day. Another true story: In 1984, Mike and his family belonged to an East Coast church. One Sunday evening, the sermon was on sacrificial offerings, and a special offering was taken at the end of the sermon. The only money Mike in Mike's wallet was a fifty-dollar bill, which was supposed to buy a week's worth of groceries for his wife. His five children, and even himself. However, in a move of faith, Mike put the $50 bill in the offering basket. Then, after the conclusion of the service, the family went out to the parking lot to go home. Within minutes, they joyfully returned to the sanctuary and asked the pastor to come outside and see the miracle. Somewhat skeptical, the pastor accompanied them outside to a 20 year old station wagon. Peering through the windows, He saw that the interior of the whole vehicle was completely filled with bags of groceries. Happy for the family, he remarked that someone had given them a huge blessing. You don't understand, Mike said. Before service, I made sure that all the windows were rolled up and all the doors were locked. I have the only key, so it must have been the Lord. To which the pastor added, giving truly is the only key to God's provision. Now listen. Mike had no family living in the area and no one from the congregation ever claimed responsibility. This was witnessed by the Reverend Robert Costa of Detroit, Michigan. And this is what he said. It sounds exactly like Psalm 78, verse 25. You can write the scripture down. It's a good one. Men ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food that they could eat. Psalms chapter 78. Verse 25, one thing that I have learned is that as you learn to be a good steward of what God has given you, He will bless you according to the desires of your heart. He knows what you need. He knows exactly what you need. But my prayer here tonight is that you and I would be in freedom and not in bondage especially in this financial situation. Listen to me. Many times we think, okay, if, if we get this president, if we get this official, if he gets an office, then he's going to change everything. You know what I've learned, my friend? No matter who's in office, it really doesn't matter in God's kingdom. No matter who the elected official is, there's always somebody above him. That the principles of my God supersede any principles that the world may try to take hold of our lives. Listen to me, my friend. Ain't no president going to bail you out. Ain't no elected official going to bail you out. The only one that's going to bail you out is these principles that God has given you. See, because even a lot of times we think God's going to bail me out. Listen, if you just sit there with your hands open, God's going to say, how come you're not putting your hand to the plow? Come on. Lazy hands will not find the resources. You're not going to find it. you got to be able to put it to the plow. Now, I know many of you here tonight say, man, I want to be a giver. I want to be a man that gives. I want to be a woman that gives. Then I'm challenging you. If you will learn these principles determining in your heart this year I'm getting out of debt, I'm getting on a budget. I'm going to get on a budget this year. Then I believe that the idea that God has given you for a business is going to flourish. It's not going to flourish just because you get a loan from a bank. Listen, the borrower is servant to the lender. Just because you get a loan doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're free. No, you still got to pay that off. But if you pay it off accordingly, and you pay it off and the budgets, learning how to save and learning how to be a giver. I'm telling you, these principles, you are going to find freedom in your life. Someone once said that there are three kinds of givers. The flint, the sponge, and the honeycomb. To get anything out of a flint, you got to hammer it. And then after you hammer it, you only get chips and sparks. To get water out of a sponge, you must squeeze it. And the more you use pressure, the more you, you will get out of it. But the honeycomb just overflows with its very own sweetness. What kind of giver are you? My prayer here tonight is that you would be that honeycomb. Corey Tinboom Boom said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hand, that I still possess. That I still possess. I want to challenge you here tonight. These same principles you can apply to your marriage. You can apply to your parenting. You can apply all these things within your life because these are principles that supersede man's kingdom, that supersedes man's economy. And when you learn this, oh, my gosh, there becomes a freedom. I want to challenge you. If you've never done this, try to pay for somebody behind you. Just watch what happens. There is a freedom. Has anybody ever done that before? You just pay for no reason. Absolutely no reason. I just want to pay for him. I want to pay for her. Do you even know him? No, I don't. But there's a freedom in me. They don't need to be free. I'm free. I'm telling you, I've tried. I've done this over the years, and there is a freedom that happens. And You know what I've ha- You know that I've witnessed within my life? The more I give, the more God gives to me. The more I give, the more God bless. I'm like, Man. God, I just gave to somebody. I said, no, 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 I want to make sure. You're a great filter. I want to filter things through you because your heart is prepared. That's good soil. Here tonight, we're not picking up no offering, but I want to be able to challenge you as men and as women and even for those of you that are married, as couples, as couples, mm, some of the arguments that you have in your house. They start with finances, and they end with finances. Oh, mmm. why don't you pay for this? How come you didn't do this? Well, man, see, I can't go out, and I want to buy this. Okay, get on a budget. Get on a budget. See, here if, if we would just make more money. Listen to me, my friend. You can go out, and you can make all the more money you want, but if your character is corrupt, then the money's corrupt. The money's corrupt because it's your character. I says, no, 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 we're going to get on a budget. No, no, no. T- this month, we're not going out and buying that extra. No, 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 no. We're going to save. But no, no, no we're you. I'm so used to it. Okay, I know you're used to it. But this, this month, we're going to save. We're going to get on a budget. We're going to be tithers. We're going to be givers. We're going to save. the No, no, no. We're going to put it to the side. And watch what God will do through your life. Stand with me here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Close your eyes and lift your hands with me if you can. And I want to pray for some of you here tonight that you need and you want and you desire a financial freedom like never before. This is not just something that I know that uh, that is easy to talk about. But if you're saying, no, 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 it's not about easiness and it's not about difficulty. I know that I want to be free in my finances. I'm not going to let the enemy reign in my life, reign in my job, dictate, dictate to me What I can and cannot do, listen to me. I'm telling you, some of you right now when you hear that word overtime, you hear more money, and yet you do the overtime and you make less money because you think, if I get that, I'm going to get more money. That's not the case, my friend. I'm telling you. See, some of you right now, you want to spend more time with your family, but your boss keeps telling you, stay more. You're going to make more, and you're losing that time. You're not investing properly. You want to, you desire to, but there's not that freedom. Tonight, we're going to pray for freedom. Freedom over your life, freedom over your job, freedom over your finances, freedom over your work ethic. Freedom, freedom, freedom over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would be with each and every man, each and every woman that is here, each and every married couple, Lord God. Lord, that you would be the center of it all. We would give you our heart. We would give you our soul, Lord God. We would hold nothing back, Lord God. We would lean not on our own understandings, oh God. But in all our ways, we would acknowledge you. For you will direct our path.